You're listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the service users and professionals from East London NHS Foundation Trust. A podcast where you can hear us discuss, debate and challenge issues around child and adolescent mental health in the UK. everybody and welcome to this edition of the CAMS Talk podcast. Um, Lovely to be back with you again Um, and I'm delighted this morning to be joined by three of our young people. Um, My name's Nikki Scott, I'm the participation lead for CAMS in Bedfordshire and Luton and this morning we have with us Maddie. Good morning Maddie. Good morning, my name is Maddie. I am 17 and I'm a service user. Thank you. And Chloe? Hi, I'm Chloe, I'm 17 and I'm a CAM service user. Thanks, Chloe. And last but definitely not least, we have Alex with us. Hi, um, I'm Alex, I'm 18 and I'm an ex service user, so I feel very old right now. <laughs> Not as old as me, definitely not as old as me, Alex. (laughs) Thank you so much. So anxiety is obviously something that affects all of us in different degrees. Um, It's a natural reaction when we're in certain situations to feel anxious. Um, But for some people, anxiety can really escalate and really become quite crippling and massively impact their lives. Um, Maddie, I'm gonna come to you. Um, What do you see as anxiety? How would you explain it? It's something that, for me, debilitates your life. It stops you from going outside, stops you from seeing your friends. And actually, it gets to a point where it stops people to become friends with you. People don't wanna talk to you anymore. And it starts to become a real issue. And it starts to make it so you start to feel worse about yourself as well, in turn with it. it for me, it comes up when in anything I do, it, it, anything I do, anything that I say, anything I think, it stops it. Like if I want to go outside, there's so many things that it stops. It makes me go in a thousand miles an hour in my brain. It stops me from going outside to see my family stops me from doing experiences that I want to do. So that's where it starts to really become a problem. So it sounds like it's obviously hugely impacted your life in the past and, and continues to now. It's that that escalation of, of the feelings of, you know, presumably what might happen in that situation. Um, and as you, you said, you feel like your brain's going at 100 miles an hour. Alex, is that something that you can sort of resonate with and understand? Definitely. I think I really wanted to add on to what Maddie said because I feel like that's exactly how I felt when I was very anxious. Um, I think something that really hits me sometimes is that you're not really taught how anxiety feels like sometimes, or you're not taught how anxiety can like become very crippling because, yeah, you learn about anxiety in high school or college. And you talk about like the stress responses, like um, fight, flight, or freeze. You talk about those, but you're not really talk about anxiety and how can you just 
it can escalate to that point where it affects your life and it might affect your life for quite nice how long. Thanks, Alex. That's really helpful talking about that fight or flight response. Um, Chloe, can I bring you in here? Yeah, I was just going to add on to what Maddie was saying. Anxiety is a very lonely thing. Um, like what Maddie was saying, like you, it makes you stuck. You feel stuck, like you can't do anything. Um, and it's so isolating, which then feeds into the anxiety more. So I'm not sure whether that makes sense, but you feel really alone. And I suppose it must be really difficult for people to understand that if they've never been in that situation before, you know, how, how do you communicate that to other people? Um, Alex? I just wanted to say I, I agree with Chloe. It can be very lonely sometimes and it can be very guilty. When I'm, when I'm feeling anxious, I feel very guilty because I feel like oh, because of how I am feeling, I'm affecting other people as well because I didn't want to talk to that specific person. I have to make my friend talk to that person for me. It feels very guilty. So it's really important, isn't it, that you've got people around you that understand and, you know, family members and friends that can support you with that and, and communicate just the impact that it has to other people so that they can hopefully understand um, and empathise with you. Chloe? It's like, I don't want to ruin things for people. So if I am feeling really anxious and I'm going out, I don't want to be like, I have to leave this situation, um, which then turns into more anxiety. It's like, oh, what if I am going to get anxious? What if I do have a panic attack? What if, what if, what if? Um, yeah. Maddie. You actually start to become anxious about becoming anxious. It it rolls in itself. It it starts to get in your brain and it starts to like it's a feeling of being in a box with no opening, no escape. And it's just a constant constant feeling of breathlessness, like you can't do anything, you can't say anything, you can't think anything. And I'm thinking about what I'm gonna think and thinking and thinking. And it never stops. And it's it's a vicious cycle and you you talked there about the the physical effects of anxiety so how how it affects you physically that the breathlessness um are you able to describe any other actual physical symptoms of anxiety yeah I actually get physically ill because of it so like an example is when I went to I went out to do an activity the other day a few days ago and I actually was ill before I went. And I wasn't, I didn't have a bug, I didn't have anything like that. It was simply because of my anxiety. And it means that I'm also a bit anxious about being ill because of my anxiety as well. And it, it's, it's so dumb, it's so and frustrating. It must be incredibly frustrating. So the, so the physical feelings in your stomach actually, you know, can, the, the, we talk about butterflies in our stomach, but presumably it's, it's 
like butterflies times 10 in your stomach and 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 to actually lead to physical sickness um it's so debilitating isn't it yeah it's really it gets a hold of your life and it mm. never lets go yeah and the breathlessness as well and obviously we know then that breathlessness can can lead to a feeling of panic which then can lead to an actual physical panic attack um Alex any sort of other physical symptoms that 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 you've experienced when you've felt particularly anxious the way my anxiety works and like how I'm I'm experiencing panic attacks it feels to me very internal because you're taught about all of these signs or like symptoms someone experiences during a panic attack but they feel very external like you're sweating you're shaking you can't control yourself but to me internally I'm I feel stuck and I feel like I physically can't move I've had times when I've been in my bed for probably hours I, I couldn't move and my brain couldn't think it felt very empty if that makes sense yeah yeah it does so it, I, you physically freeze you physically can't move you uh, you know it just completely shuts everything down Chloe um so I'm not sure whether we wanted to talk about the flight fright flight fight or freeze um and like the science of it absolutely um so it's a natural physiological psychological response um and it begins in your which i can't say the word but nikki can say amygdala um and it's like the part of your brain that responds to fear so if there's you're walking down the street and there's a car you'll either like an oncoming car or you know if um if we're going to go back to caveman times if there's like a bear so this is quite an analogy that's used in therapy quite a lot like anxiety therapy it's like okay so you can either fight the bear flight so run away from the bear or freeze um so and then like all the hormones so adrenaline cortisol which then can affect your heart rate your breathing speaks up speaks up speeds up um you might become really shaky um or sweaty Thank you. That was a perfect explanation. And and the thing is with that, we never know how we're going to react until we're in that situation, do we? Um, you know, and different situations can provoke completely different responses. Um, but yeah, that that's explained it perfectly. Thank you so much for that, Chloe. Um, so obviously, all three of you have access support from CAMS for your um, anxiety. And sometimes it's a case of trial and error um, because different things work for different people. Um, and obviously part of that therapy is going to be teaching you 
different coping mechanisms, trying different types of therapy to see what particularly works for you. Um, so I wonder if, if we're able to talk about, you know, what has helped you? What have you learned to do to help you cope in those situations where you're feeling very anxious? Maddie? I've learned a few things, a few strategies that I think would be helpful. I've learned to do things in stages in your mind. So stage one, get in the taxi. Stage two, arrive. Stage three, meet the people. And that allows you to break things up, make things less intimidating and makes things easier for anxiety to process. And also knowing your limits, knowing that, oh, if you go in that room with all those people, you're going to get overwhelmed and anxious. Knowing to say no when that boundaries are okay and saying no to things isn't a bad thing, it isn't a weakness, it's a strength that will help you lessen your anxiety. Thank you so much, Maddie. And it's, you know, that, that for me, that's really clarified how that would support you. So, you know, when you talk about doing things in stages, don't try and think about the whole day or it is going to be overwhelming. Just think about, you know, right, I'm going to overcome that first challenge and then I move on to the next challenge. And um, yeah, thank you so much. That's, that's really helpful. Alex. Um, how, how have you learned to cope or what have you been taught? Well, I have me and my therapist, we kind of went through a couple of um, either like grounding techniques, techniques, the very basic ones from breathing to maybe doing a bit of exercise. And one of my favorites was, I think it's called something on the lines of muscle therapy, where you start clenching your whole body all of your muscles from like the tip of your toes all the way to your head and then you slowly let go and and then it kind of like it hurts it kind of hurts your body but at the same time you feel very relaxed at the end because you're like okay my body is calm I I already like took it all out and now I am calm and I am safe but also something that you don't you're not really told is treating yourself if you did something that you're very proud of and understanding that you're a human being so understanding boundaries as Maddie said they're, they're good they make you feel good and you need to understand your limits as as a, as a human being because you're not always gonna do it well from the first time like from the get-go that's never going to happen but you need to not punish yourself if you didn't do something or if you didn't didn't like I don't know maybe you wanted to feel happy that on one specific date or like on that specific time but you didn't you don't have to punish yourself for that because it's gonna it's gonna get back to you and it's gonna make anxiety worse yeah definitely thank you and and that acknowledgement that actually yeah you do really need to praise yourself and be proud of yourself for your achievements and not focus on the things that okay you know I didn't manage to do this but look at what I did manage to do this is incredible you know I didn't manage to stay in school for the whole day but I was there for two lessons you know I should feel really proud of myself um and that acknowledgement that actually it's okay um, to step away from certain situations if it becomes too difficult. 
Um, thank you so much, Alex. Chloe, I'll come to I you. I wanted to talk a little bit about school and anxiety and how to um, manage anxiety in school because it's very difficult because school is a very fast-paced environment and there's lots and lots of different triggers. And I was just wondering how Alex and Maddie deal with, you know, school and college. Um, it is a very difficult situation sometimes you know it's so hard to get people to understand just how difficult this isn't you know this isn't feeling anxious before an exam this is you know something that really is so powerful that it stops you being able to function on a daily basis um alex how did you, how did you overcome that when it came to sort of school and college and and lessons and those busy environments for me, I think the first big step that I did to help myself was letting people know like, um, how I got help, like how I got to camps was from my school. And I let, like, I think I let one of the teachers I know really well, like, I'm struggling right now and I need some help. Is there anything you can do? And they got me in contact with someone at school and she was absolutely amazing. She helped me a lot. We got a lot of um, stuff done on how um, the school can help me. And that's how I got help for my exams. Um, I think because I was really late during the second year when I actually told everyone I'm struggling and I need some help. Um, we got in place breaks during my exams, which were very helpful because if you're in, in an exam, and you're going for the questions and you start panicking and, and the anxiety gets to you, having a break is just so helpful. You just sit probably like either outside for five, 10 minutes with some more time with someone being, okay, are you feeling okay now? Do you wanna talk? We can talk about anything and it's very helpful. Yeah, and, and making that first step, reaching out to somebody opening up about the problem you know that's how the support hopefully then will be put in place um and it's part of our job as a service as a cam service to to liaise with the right people to make sure things like that are put in place so um the therapist that you work with um at cams or within the school can communicate what what your needs are, what needs to be put in place to support you to make um, that situation as calming um, and supportive as is possible. Um, and the schools need to listen to that advice and to act on it. Um, Maggie? Something I found really helpful in school is having red, amber and green cards to be able to leave the lessons. So red is, oh, I'm really struggling at the moment. Amber is, I'm starting to struggle, but I just need a little bit of help. And then green is, I'm, I'm good. And having those cards, be able to show them to the teacher or whoever's in the class, just, it's so, you don't have to say to the teacher, oh, explain to her exactly what you're thinking. You show the card, she knows, or he knows, or they know, and then you can just leave the class for a bit. 
and then also doing that you can have a place where you go in that time as a safe place like your well-being team you can go and see them and that can be really helpful in times of struggle that sounds like a really good um coping mechanism and is that something that you worked on together to to come up with the idea that you know um this would work for you in particular obviously your teachers were all made aware of it something i was really struggled with in school is being able to communicate with the teacher through words and and I, a lot of the time i get a bit speechless and i don't know what to say and i don't know what to do in that moment but just having the card just means show it and then i can leave the class and there's no more it lowers my panic levels and anxiety levels and it means I can continue with the day a lot easier and it's something that can be used really discreetly as well isn't it you know you can just go up to the teacher like a bit of a timeout card but color coded I really like the idea of having it color coded so they can see just where your levels are at and you're right in those times of high anxiety you can't explain what's going on you know and you certainly wouldn't want to do that in front of 30 other young people in your classroom so having that color coded you know timeout card and having a planned route then towards the person or the place where you're going to feel safe um is so important and and presumably having that safe space being able to identify a safe space is part of the solution isn't it yeah it's really helpful how about you chloe how... i was gonna say the exact same thing as maddie <laughs> i um sometimes it's really difficult like when i'm having a panic attack when i'm feeling really really anxious in the lesson i'm not going to be able to put my hand up and say oh can i leave the lesson please that's just that's not realistic and actually i have a little card that says i am having a panic attack slash feeling really anxious and on the back has all the techniques that help me calm down so if a teacher or someone you know another student or another one of my friends see that I'm really anxious they can look on the back and see what helps me calm down um because I can't communicate when I'm in that such heightened state of panic and anxiety that's another really helpful so that's a further adaptation of that sort of color-coded thing having the actual things that will help and support you and was that an idea that you worked with 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 cams or is that something that the school came up with how how was that originally decided? it was a little um card that said um please may i leave the lesson and then i was finding that teachers would ask me if i'm okay or they would follow me out of the lesson and i couldn't explain to them how i was feeling so I, so I would just like wouldn't talk. So I came up with this idea that they would. Um, I came up with the pastoral and um, like kind of my idea, and was like, yeah. So I have a little card, and on the back it has um, all the stuff that helps. So then the teachers know how to help me if they do want to help me. And that's really, you've raised something really important. Every single person is going to be different. There is no, you know, this is how you respond to a person in 
panic or this is how you respond to a person with a person with heightened anxiety because it's going to be different for every single young person and what's really important is having that flexible approach um and and you know I'm sure I used to work in schools I've I've been there I've I've worked with young people and you know we all do things with the best of intentions don't we what we think might help a young person at that time but actually the, the thing that you think might help could escalate the situation, you know, massively, couldn't it? I know that, you know, I'm quite a tactile person, but actually reaching out and trying to touch somebody who's in the middle of a panic attack or feeling very, very anxious can massively trigger um, and make the situation far worse because for some young people, you know, being touched like that would would just not work at all so actually coming up with you know your pastoral person or your CAMS therapist and actually having that individualized safety plan as such you know to help people know what's going to support you best in this situation you know is a per perfect example of how how to support somebody um Alex I just wanted to say I am amazed with the things that you guys came up with because what I had in place was a care plan that it was sent to all of my teachers and what I would do if I was anxious just like raise my hand up and be like okay I need to go for a couple of minutes get some fresh air, and then I'll come back so seeing how this turned into what Maddie and Chloe have is so nice and really happy I'm really happy that this kind of evolved into helping people even even better, really. Yeah, and I'm sure you're probably thinking, I wish I'd had that in place. But what's really important is by us having this discussion now and sharing these ideas, hopefully if one person is listening um, and thinking, oh, my goodness, that would be so helpful for me, I could really benefit from that or you know, a teacher might be listening and thinking that's something that would work for a young person. So, you know, it's it's massively helpful. Um, and we're so grateful for you all for sort of having these conversations. And, and actually, I know you've all stepped outside your comfort zone today in actually being part of this podcast. I'm sure you all felt, you know, quite nervous about it. Chloe, you've done podcasts with us before, but for Alex and Maddie, this is your first time. And, you know, I'm loving this conversation. It's so helpful and so educational. Thank you so much. Chloe. Something I wanted to mention was um, a couple of my favorite techniques to calm me down, because I, I really wanted to mention it because it could possibly help other people. So um, this, I can't remember who did this with me, but I've never, ever heard of it before. So it's, I don't think it has a specific name, but it's A to Z. So you pick a topic, A to Z. So for example, animals. And then when I'm feeling really panicky and when I'm feeling really anxious, it kind of distracts me. So I have to think of an animal that begins with all the different um letters of the um alphabet and it kind of just frowns me and distracts me it doesn't always work 
um, if I am in such a heightened state of panic. Um, but it's really, really helpful. And I just never heard of it before. Um, also, which is something, something quite simple. Also, um, I find that the breathing techniques don't really work personally on me. And I know they help lots of other people. Um, the five, four, three, two, one, which is quite common. And um, so it's five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can know. I've messed it up <laughs> that's okay does it does it go in a certain order then yeah okay um, I I can't remember it's obviously to do with your senses isn't it so it's, yeah you know what you can hear what you can see what you can um, touch. smell touch and feel yeah feel here maddie's doing maddie's doing some lovely hand gestures to me so it's 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 the five senses isn't it so yeah yeah and, yeah yeah you, it can really help ground you in a moment of panic um another thing is picking out a color so um i find this quite helpful if i'm in a classroom environment or if i'm on a bus or you know somewhere where it can feel quite trapped like quite uh so for example pink so i'll pick out all the pink things i can see or blue i'll pick out all the blue things i can see and it can help me feel present in the moment of panic i love that one i have that's not one that i've heard of i've heard of the sensory one and i love the idea of the um the alphabet i think that's really good so it's all about distraction isn't it it's all about removing yourself from those feelings and and distracting yourself um yeah that's that's really helpful maddie i also just wanted to remind people that are listening that you're not alone there's so many people out there that you know and people around you that are also experiencing similar things and if you reach out then there's so much help you can get keeping it to yourself is not going to help at all like you can keep things to yourself but holding them in you're just going to burst they're all just going to come out aren't they so you just really need to reach out and let people know such an important point that you've raised there i was going to ask for some words of advice at the end but it is it's so important you know we can look around us and see all of these what appear to be confident people that look like they haven't got a care in the world and you think god i wish i was like that but actually we don't know what's going on within you know within that person's mind we don't know what, what what's going on for them in in any situation you know we all wear a mask don't we at times we all you know like to present ourselves to the world in a certain way and actually the reality can be very very different can't it so um actually by sharing what you're going through you know inevitably it will lead to another person saying wow I never knew that about you actually that that that's me that's what I go through but I didn't realize that you were going through the same thing so it is having that sort of shared experiences um that enable you to realize that you're not the only person that's going through that Maddie there's also finding people around you that you can relate to feeling less alone not not feeling like you're stuck in your room all the time because for me, I don't actually have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of people that I can talk to other than family. 
but just being able to reach out to the few friends I have and trying to reach out to other people really helps me a lot. Thanks, Maddie. And, I, you know, I think that's what really works so well about our, our CAMS participation programme and the work that we do with young people to raise awareness about different issues that they're facing, bringing these young people together. You know, it's, it's um, actually allowing you to meet other young people that might have similar experiences. They're never going to be exactly the same, but actually being in a space where you know, you don't feel judged where you feel that you can be open and honest and you know that people are going to have a level of understanding about the things that you might be facing. And it, it sounds quite intimidating, but actually I know for all of you and for the other young people that we work with, you know, it, it can be a lifeline at times just to have to know that that space is there for you and to know that by sharing your stories and doing things like this it's it's having a really positive impact and helping other people um alex i think something that helped me a lot and may help other people is um two little things uh, first one was getting a pet i had a lot of uh, anxiety about going to sleep and i had a lot of nightmares so getting my little cat uh, actually helped me because I had like a little friend that would sleep with me especially since she, when she was a kid and she would sleep with me all the time um, and my second thing is finding the good things in the bad things if that makes sense for example if you have social anxiety and you're scared about going out well I would think if I go out now I will treat myself to an ice cream or if I go out now I will meet with a friend and we can talk about things or we can catch up and it can help because it makes you like it makes you like forcefully makes you think more positively you, you, because especially when you're anxious you always think about the bad things and you're always scared of what if if I do this what if something bad happens but if you're forcefully making yourself think of the positive things we kind of like counter it the bad things that's a brilliant tip thank you yeah something that I'll, I'll definitely take on board and and the idea of we know how therapeutic pets can be um whether it's a dog or a cat or a hamster um you know having somebody to look after that unconditional love and that that company is is um in fact I think we're, we're you're all three of you are cat lovers aren't you you've all got cats and I know that you find them really therapeutic um and we something that we talk a lot about a lot isn't it within our group just the benefits of um of having animals in your life so so if you could give one word of advice um to a young person or to a parent or to somebody that is listening to this um, who can completely relate to the things that you've talked about, who is maybe struggling um, to cope, what, what would that advice be? Um, what would you recommend that they do? Maddie? Um, I would go back to what I've said before is just reach out like there's 
you, there's nothing but bad can come of it. People may judge you. People may say things that I mean, you don't like. But reaching out, if you're already at a low point in your life, then things can only get better. Things can only improve. And you can't sit in silence anymore. You need to reach out and let people know. So that's what I would say. Thank you. And there is, it's really important to stress that, you know, there, there shouldn't be any stigma or, dis, you know, attached to this. You know, there's so many services out there to support young people who are struggling, whether that's through their GP, through their school. Um, you know, there, there is going to be somebody there. There's going to be a pathway for that young person to find the right help that they need to learn the resources um, to help them cope. And, you know, I, I think it's important to stress that you can't necessarily cure anxiety and panic, but what you can do is learn the coping mechanisms and strategies that suit you to be able to, you know, actually live your life um, and learn to cope with it. Alex, what, what would you recommend? I guess just reminding yourself that you're a human being and just because you're suffering with anxiety or you're suffering from a panic attack disorder, it's still you're still a human and it doesn't it doesn't define you for just because you're suffering from a mental illness that doesn't define you as a person. And I guess um, be easy on yourself. You're not being selfish because you're doing something that you can't really control. You're not being greedy. And reaching out to people, as Maddie said, it's the best thing you can do. I've, I've struggled with reaching out to people because I've reached out so many times and I've been rejected. I guess you're gonna have to be resilient in that. And you're gonna find someone that will understand you at some point. That, that's a really important point that sometimes you do have to battle a little bit harder, don't you, to get that, that help that you need. But it's, it's been, as you say, being having that tenacity to keep, um, to keep asking for help if you don't get it the first time. Um, and sometimes, you know, it might be that you might go to a service for help and the person that you're working with might not be the right person actually it's fine to say this isn't working for me either this type of therapy isn't working for me or you know I'm not I'm not feeling that this relationship is right for me that's fine um but actually there is there is help but for, for everybody out there Maddie going back to what Alex said there's when in my past I felt like the only thing about me was my illnesses and there's so much more to you that you can find. Other than that, there's so much, your hobbies, things you like, your animals, your pets, your family. There's so much more and you can't just, the feeling I've felt before is dwelling on myself, feeling like I'm, my anxiety is stopping me from all these things. But you'll get there in time. You just need to give it some time and learn your strategies to manage it and things will improve. Absolutely. And it's really important not to see and um, these struggles as a weakness it's not a weakness you know it's something mental health is something that is increasingly affecting more and more people it's it's a normal reaction when situations are are too stressful to to 
you know, to sometimes not be able to cope. And that's, that's fine. It's, you know, it's about coming out the other side of it, isn't it? Chloe, I'm going to come to you um, for, for our last piece of advice to anyone that's listening. What would you say? I would say find out what triggers your anxiety. Um, you know, I <laughs> I would say caffeine really triggers my anxiety, um, which I didn't realise. I, I was like, oh, I feel really anxious. Why am I feeling really anxious? Yeah, because I've had four coffees. That's why I'm feeling really anxious. And it might be something as simple as that, like stopping drinking caffeine or it might be something you know school triggers my anxiety or you know it might be something more than that and also reaching out for help as early as possible can help with managing your anxiety and panic and I also have one piece of advice for helping someone if you know someone who has anxiety or if you know someone who has panic attacks just asking them how can I help you what can I do when you feel anxious what can I how can I support you the best that I can and just not judging them and being kind and trying to empathize and understand with them can actually make the whole world of difference that's such a perfect um way to to end this um i think that's i think that's perfect advice don't ever make assumptions about what might help a young person or any any person that's struggling ask the questions about what they need what their needs are um how can you help um thank you so much to all three of you for participating in this discussion that we've had today around anxiety and panic I think it's been hugely educational um, I really appreciate you giving your time um, and actually sharing you know what have been really difficult experiences for you so thank you so much Maddie for joining us today thank you it's been great being here and thank you to Alex thank you for having me <laughs> And finally, thank you to Chloe, whose idea it was to actually have this conversation originally. Thank you for letting me do this podcast and thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And thank you everyone to, uh, for listening today to the latest version of our podcast, our Cam's Talk podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to Cam's Talk a podcast brought to you by the Luton and Bedford CAMS team and the Luton and Bedford Service User Participation Group. If you'd like to hear more from us, just go over to camstalk.com and subscribe. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of the other platforms that you're using. Once you've subscribed, you'll get notification on your device every time we release a new episode. If you want to comment or share your views, you can contact us on Twitter using at camstalk or you can send us an email using info at camstalk.com. One last thing before we go. Don't forget to use the hashtag camstalkpodcast whenever you comment on social media. We'll speak to you soon.